Awesome. Uh, so we're just gonna roll with it. We're just gonna go. We're just gonna do it. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? <laughs> I was born already. Hey, hi, I'm Nikki. I'm Leo. And this is the Motorhome Murder Show. How's it going? I'm so excited. <laughs> it's good. How are you? I'm great. Just enjoying some good wine. Awesome. Well, as the name says, this is a motorhome show. So we live and record in a motorhome. Uh, we have been traveling the country for over a year. And we've seen some pretty awesome places. We've met some pretty amazing people. Yes. We decided to travel because we felt that where we'd been living, we'd like hit that point that it was like either settle and really make this like home base or we leave like that was that point you know right. like we're in our 30s now <laughs> we have to you know it's like we settle like we find home base right um i mean that's what all of our friends were doing that's yeah exactly that's at least do. our friends were doing it and we started to ask it and question it yeah definitely like where do we where do we live like the, what do we do where do we live what are we doing with our lives um <laughs> and so we realized that like where we were at we weren't like ready to make that commitment yeah they didn't feel right for whatever the, it was missing something it was it was great at the moment but then so we hit the road because we were like well if this isn't home we don't know where it is we have the privilege to be able to to be in a situation where we can just hit the road so we did exactly. and we're we've sure. been on the road for a year and a half traveling the country exploring communities that we could potentially call home one day some definitely not <laughs> i mean which is part of the the discovery and at that time there were only the two of us and now we're three yeah because we now have our dog sweetie hi sweetie She's over there sleeping. <laughs> so, and as we've traveled, there's, we like to stay in rural communities. Yes. I mean, we aren't really looking to settle in a city, but also in an RV like this size, I don't feel comfortable driving in most cities, at least to get to the RV park. And so a great thing that I've realized is that like, I really have to open myself up towards the bias that I have towards areas because there's been areas that as we've traveled towards i am really nervous or like i'm really hesitant to go towards or i was really not wanting to um just because of the bias that i had towards the area and almost every single time it's been completely changed um and even in the reverse like places that i've been really excited that i felt like oh this is a place i'm not gonna want to leave right I have been like running out the door like I do not want to be there at all so it's been interesting to see that places I've wanted to go I actually want to leave faster <laughs> and places that I've like really not been excited to go to have been the places I've wanted to stay so it's just been interesting to kind of test my own bias and see that like there are areas and places that I am welcome and I'm welcome and is inviting to me that I never expected yeah, to see exactly. or no, find. For me, I think. I mean, like, that's really what it comes down to is we're staying in, like, small towns. We're staying in America. Yes, you know? the real America. Getting to know that we are America. Every, uh, people visit the America. cities. <laughs> you see how I said America? <laughs> Getting to know the real America. But people visit the cities all the time. And they're like, oh, I visited America. And it's like, no, you visited New York City. That's not... That's not the heart of new of um of the United States. That's not a heart of America. And I mean, it's a big part of it. It's definitely a huge part of our culture, but it's not it's not the, the like, only thing. it's not the grassroots part of it. And so that's what we're trying to like see, but that's not really what we're here to talk about, obviously. I mean, we're the motorhome murder show. So like right, we're so in a motorhome traveling and seeing these it, places. Where does it come in? 
But the murder really comes into because I've always been a true crime junkie. I mean, that's straightforward. I've always been into it, um, especially researching on my own. It's not something I've ever really talked about with a lot of people. It's something that I have researched on my own. I've listened to the podcasts and I've listened to audiobooks. I've read the books. Um, it's something that I've done on my own and something that interests me when I'm traveling to all these small towns because I'm from a small town. I know that all these super safe, perfect small towns... American towns are actually... Things happen. (laughs) There's something that, like, shook this town up at once upon a time. Maybe it's happened more frequently than the others. Maybe it was wilder than the others. But something has shaken this place up before, and I just want to know what it is. Maybe it's something that I want to know about if I and potentially wanting to live there or maybe it's just something that's like super wild that only the people that live there really know about or really ha- it's affected because it's a small town it's not something that's affected the entire country that's been nationwide news but it definitely shook this town up mm-hmm. and i'm just curious about it so what better way than like being on the road visiting these small towns than to look into these cases that happened in these small communities especially just because i that is my hometown you know so i do feel connected especially when we pull into a place that's very similar and i know i remember those cases that really shook up everything and really Mm -hmm. changed my perspective and the town's feel and perspective and so i just want to know like has that happened here and like what was it when was it and you're and, like, like how... scare me about it <laughs> yeah and like but like how how's the community recovered from that like is right. it something that really affected them or is it something that like they were able to bounce back from and yeah the scare factor is also part of it i mean you like to terrify me basically i like <laughs> to i like to read about it and it creeps you out that's all you know no, it just keeps it's not you... my fault that it creeps you out <laughs> It keeps you, you know, like aware and like you were saying before, the bias and, and the things that affect that community, right? Like, Yeah, it's, it's just the, it's these communities that are being affected and I just want to kind of like read about what it was and like maybe there's still the, the feel of it and maybe it's long gone. I mean, some of these cases are from, you know, who knows, maybe the 50s and before, maybe they're from yesterday. Who knows? Like it's what what's happened in this town sometimes the towns really have had nothing happen for the last 50 years and that's an awesome place that i mean if you're looking for a place to live what better place to live than somewhere that's literally had no major crime happen in the last 70 years awesome and maybe they've had some crazy cases happen in the last few years is there something going on with that? Is that is that <laughs> the neighborhood you want to move into? Who knows? So it's just, you know, like there's a lot to it. And it's just something that I find really interesting to look into as I'm traveling. And I'm not going to lie, it's very entertaining. I'm always in the back when you're listening to podcasts, just kind of being engaged and in my toes for it. Yeah, you're just there uh, by association. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like the podcast obviously has a structure Um, we're not here to just waste your time and talk for hours on end. Um, we're, I mean, we're going to keep it fairly short, but also there, besides this first episode, there's going to be a good, a structure to what we're doing here. Um, so each episode will start with us, you know, obviously catching up, maybe some current events that are happening. There's obvious, those are happening all the time, more and more every day. Um, and also our travel day. I mean, yeah, we're traveling how, every week. How, how was we it? Feel, how we feel about leaving that last place. The, were we excited about it? Or we were no happy like to leave the beach, for example. <laughs> yeah. Or was it just a, a stressful driving day? You know, it, who knows? But it'll just be a quick catch up on that. Um, and then to loosen ourselves up, you know, while we're talking about some serious shit, we're talking about murders, we're talking about crime. We're stressed from traveling, and we're talking about more travel. Um, we're going to have some wine. So yes. we are connoisseurs of natural wine. It's something that we have started to really find 
a fun activity looking for on the road. Um, natural wine is not something that you can find all the time and readily available, um, especially when you're talking about like the smaller production or just like organically uh, made, made right. wines, things like that, the uh, limited like additives, all that. Um, there's a lot that goes into it and it's, it's not always easy to find. Um, and so it's something that we have started to look for and kind of, um, as we've navigated this country, we'll kind of scout out the natural wine near us. So when there's natural wine available, we'll be having a bottle and while we talk. To be honest, you meet the best people too. I feel like you, you like discover the country in a different way too there's like yes there's a kind of personality around natural wine there's a, a a friendly attitude around in like the wine natural wine world that yeah it's great when you walk into a natural wine shop or a natural wine bar and like you really just start to connect with people we've experienced it around the world around I mean, the world, really yeah like it, it surprised us like even in amsterdam it was that bar i'll never forget and they felt like in a neighborhood and and it, even though it was a different country, it was just like th- this. Yeah, that friendliness is people that understand what it goes beyond creating this wine or even, you know, selling this wine. There's an art, so it's nice. And, and have it here and explore it here is pretty awesome, I think. Yeah, and so to like scout out these spots that have something, and it's it is very something very niche, but it is something that surprisingly there's cities that don't have it available, and there's random road stops roadside stops that have a huge variety and it's it's a shock and so it's a it's something fun to be looking for and when we can and when we can find it near us we'll be enjoying some and so yeah and there's a misconception i think that people think the natural gonna win it's gonna be super expensive just because it's so exclusive but i think you can find it's, from any range. You, you can find it for any range. You can find all qualities, mm-hmm. all funky types. I mean, there are some crazy, <laughs> funky natural wines. Um, there are also some super approachable natural wines that you would never even imagine yeah. or even guess that it was not a mass-produced wine. wine right? And so it's it's great. And so it's, it's something really fun that uh, we got into over the last few years and that we want to kind of just continue growing with and like continuing the conversation with others and like really pushing it that it is something that can be approachable by all and it wine is something that i've always seen as being really intimidating Mm -hmm. because there's so much to go along with it i mean you can literally taste all the different elements going into it when you're tasting these natural wines when you're tasting the mass-produced wines you can't taste that as much because they're hiding all of that. And they give you headaches and it's just horrible. <laughs> yeah. But like with these, sugar. <laughs> with these natural wines that these people are working, especially the like smaller production, like these people are putting their heart and soul into it. Oh, yeah. And you can really taste that coming through. Like <laughs> It really weird, but it, it does. It's, it's, and, and you get to know their story why they went into winemaking and, and it is usually amazing. They put a lot of thought into the labeling. There are stories behind them. There's, you know, like the soil is different. The weather might affect. Um, it's just incredible. It's just a lot in it, I feel. And I mean, that's just, it, it's something that we do to relax as well. I yeah. mean, we, we like to partake in wine because we like to relax with a glass of wine. I mean, who doesn't? And especially when we're talking about heavy shit yeah. like this. In the a state glass of, of the wine world. is necessary. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, in the state of the world, um, I think a few a few cases of wine are necessary for that. But um, and for the wine nerds, we will get down to like the real information about the wine or find our people. To be honest, yeah, Let's find our people. Um, but then after once we like make it through the wine, we're gonna move on down into where we're at. You know, the town we're in. Um, the transition from where we were to where we're at, what we feel, kind of just the initial vibes, um, get into the statistics of the area, the breakdown of the population, the, you know, like kind of give everyone a sense of where we're at and how it feels for us initially and what the breakdown is numbers wise on paper. It's going to set the tone for the story. Yeah. And then we're finally going to get into that crime. Um, 
And remember that these are crimes that have happened here. So they may not always be the craziest stories or um, there may not be a lot of information available. So the stories may not be the most informational newsworthy stories, but that's really not where we're going for anyway, right. because we're conversational based. We're not news. So we're here to have a chat about something screwed up that happened where we're at as we're traveling across this country. Yeah. In an RV. (laughs) And in some cases, even people talk to you, they tell you about the place, and it's just amazing. And I think it's exciting for us to kind of share that. People in small communities are super welcoming to people traveling through in RVs. Um, When you're walking around town, people know, I mean, they can spot an (laughs) out-of-towner a mile away, and I get called out all the time. So, yeah, talking to the locals all the time getting that feel about this place firsthand and then sharing it with you. But also maybe hopefully at some point I'll be able to discuss a case with people here, you know, maybe, amazing, yeah. maybe the barista at the shop knows, knows <laughs> they have good stories. Yeah, They've so got the tea. Or the you know? person at the wine shop, who knows? <laughs> yeah. So hopefully at some point I'll be able to do that. But for now it's just going to be us. And chatting just in laughing and be scared in the corner. Um, <laughs> And with that, you know, we're, we're, this is conversational based. We're here having a glass of wine, talking about something screwed up that happened in the place that we have decided to park our RV. So we are not the news. It is lighthearted. It is a discussion. There is some research, but it's lighthearted. We are never going to make jokes about the victims, but a bumbling police force, maybe, who knows, you know? Uh, jokes will never be at the victims, though. Um, we're here to shine a light on their story and bring their, maybe, maybe the, you know, their story has been kind of washed away and we're bringing us a light to it, but we're not here to insult them or to make fun of anything that's happened to them. Um, and then to wrap up the, the show, we're gonna, you know, it'll change up. I mean, maybe we'll shout out a LGBTQ plus organization that's nearby, or maybe just a really good organization in town or uh, local shops that we've been to. Just something, right, an you experience, know. Good experience, a bad experience, who knows? Yeah. Like we have to, we, we can share that, that information with you all. And we can also be aware of like what's happening in the world and, and what's happening in the state, in the area. It's just every, everything happens so fast, but it's a really good opportunity to stay connected. Yes. And so with that, I mean, it. We're having a drink now, so... Yes, Nikki, tell us what we're drinking tonight. It's delicious. Yes, so tonight we're drinking a classic in my book. Um, We have had this probably every summer for the last, like, (laughs) eight summers almost. I don't know, five summers at least. Um, I mean, that's the time that I want to be drinking this wine. But I actually got it when I stopped, but when we stopped at... Uh, light years in houston the other yes. day so shout it's out to them beautiful place awesome wine shop and bar mm-hmm. um great selection as for the glass pours great selection for the bottles um, i believe they were the first to introduce natural wine to houston uh from what i could gather from like reading online and stuff like they're the place to go if you're into natural wine in houston nice light years but yeah, we stopped in there for a glass of wine the other day when we were checking out Houston. And I saw this Vagot bottle and I just had to grab it. It's just, it's one that it's a, it's a staple in my book. So uh, it is uh, La Boutante Rosé. Um, classic when it comes to summer rosés. Um, we've had it, as I said, <laughs> a lot. I think, and... I think one of the reasons, at least for me, is because... Is what I call a friendly wine. I think with rosés, I'm always very skeptical. They're either going to be super sweet and I don't like them, or they're just not going to be... I don't know how to explain yeah, it. Yeah, rosé can be like Kool-Aid. It can be super sweet, <laughs> or it can be really dry, like a nice yeah. classic French rosé. Um, yeah, you just... I mean, you really... It, it can be a hit or miss when somebody when you're at a party and somebody yeah. just has a rosé. You really never know yeah, unless like, uh, you like. That, that's why like, I kind of stay away. Turn from that me. bottle. Let me see a little bit. <laughs> um, 
But this one, I mean, the L'Habitant Rosé, something that I've always loved. Yes. And it's, it, and I think that what I'm trying to say is balance. Um, it's light water. I was going to identify like, the notes that I get, but I can't. Yes. Tell me, tell me what you know, Leo. When I taste them. I don't even know how to explain this. One, this it's is just the, a, this, this is, is the wine ASMR section. <laughs> this one has me speechless. I can't, I can't even. I can't even think about it. Like I can't even. It's delicious. I I can explain. It's light. It's fresh. It, again, it's summery. Uh, I would say apple. But I could be completely wrong because I'm always wrong about this thing. You always say apple. No, but it's like, like apple in the f- summer. Well, so this is from winemaker Franz Salmon. Um, and something that's great about this wine is that it's sold in a liter bottle, not a 750 and bottle. And the bottle is beautiful. Um, I love the simplicity of the, of the label. Yes. Could they I do, have the bottle? They do great honest. labels. Yeah, so if you, they I always can, do fun labels. This yeah, one is like, like the a fish, <laughs> like a fish with a cool bumper jacket. Is a bumper jacket right? Just I I think you can actually like look up what exactly that <laughs> character. Oh, is. I'm I'm gonna have to know because that's the beauty about this. And then this just pouring the wine on themselves is pretty amazing. <laughs> But the bottle is really cool because, yeah, it comes, it's bigger. Yeah, like a liter inside. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so it's great as the bottle. It's served in a liter bottle instead of a 750 bottle milliliter bottle that most wines are. So you're getting an extra 250 milliliters, which is always nice. And it's always priced the same as the other bottles, if not cheaper yeah. than the other rosé assortment. So it's always see. great. But um, tell me about what they say. because. But So yeah, so it's from winemaker Franz Salmon. Uh-huh. And so for, yeah, so for the other wine nerds out there, um, <laughs> for those of you that are not interested in wine at all, go ahead and just hit that skip, skip button if you... <laughs> Um, <laughs> but for now, for the nerds out there, um, so it's a rosé made from Gamay and Groleu, farmed organic in Tourlaine, Loire. So it is from the Loire Valley. Uh, Franz uses native yeasts and a mix of concrete and stainless steel during the aging process. Um, so flavor notes... They say red summer berries all the way. Red summer berries. I mean, yes, I say so apple, like but it's like strawberries. Ah, uh, it's like it. It really is summer France. Hanging out, drinking. Yeah, um, and then uh, one of the one of the flavor things said, um, uh, berry nose, watermelon in the glass. So. As you taste it, it tastes like watermelon, but it smells like a berry. Oh my god! And I can get that. Um, it is also a little bit of um alcohol forward on, like as it warms up. So yeah. when it's chilled to like super cold, goes down like water. <laughs> but as it gets a little bit warmer, you can really taste the alcohol on it, which is interesting because it's not a super high alcohol wine. Right. It's an eleven point five. But you can really taste it, which isn't normal, so. I love it. Well, isn't typical, I guess. I don't know. Normal (laughs) is, it is normal. What is normal? (laughs) Mm. Anyway, cheers. Anyway, cheers, yes. Um, So, yeah. I think I had enough, and I breath, I have taken a breath. And I think I'm ready to be freaked out a little. And I think I'm going to just hold Sweetie tight tonight. So you're ready. You're ready to hear about this. Well, I mean, it just, so we have to talk about where we're at. I mean, we haven't even told right. people where oh we are. God, that's a very good point. We're it? not here for the, we're not even to the crime yet, Leo. I should also say that I don't know the the story so everybody should know that that that's the fun of this is that i never really heard the story and leo is a chicken he gets scared (laughs) from everything so when some of these stories he will get super terrified and really want to leave town immediately um other times he'll be safe i'm pretty sure for today's story he's safe but (laughs) 
We'll Who see. knows? <laughs> so, anyway, Leo, where are we? We are in Livingston, Texas. Yes, Livingston, Texas, which is just outside, well, an hour outside of downtown Houston. Which it feels weird because you wouldn't think that you are so No, it feels like we in the country. <laughs> uh, but yes, this is kind of like uh, one of our places that we, we come often. Well, come off. This is the first. This is the only place that we Go have twice. <laughs> visited twice in the RV, and the only reason for that is because this is where our RV club, like, has a headquarters. Like, right, we... this is where we can stay for cheaper. We can get mail service for cheap. All of that stuff. Yeah. Here, so and it's in a decent climate. So, we. This is a spot that a lot of people come. It's cheap for us to come. We stayed last year on our way west. Now we're on our way east, and we're here again. It's the only spot that we've stopped twice. So when we say we've stopped frequently, <laughs> just we've literally stopped twice. But in the last year and a half, <laughs> this is the only place that we've stopped twice. <laughs> it feels comfortable. But also the first place that like we pulled into town and immediately knew where to go. And I have to say, again, that's comforting. <laughs> it is, in a weird way. Um, but overall feelings about Livingston, what are, you, what are your vibes? What are your feelings about this place? That's We've a, been here twice. What yeah, you... that's, a, that's an interesting question. I think I was really not excited at the beginning. The first time we came around is, is uh, sometimes a hard thing to think about coming to Texas. Uh, but I will say that once we got closer the road that that like towards sleep and it kind of happened when i went to the woodlands so it just felt like bushy and fresh and natural the yeah this area definitely has like nature going on its side like yeah it's lush yes there's very tall trees there's it there's rolling hills and tall trees yes. so even though there's no mountains you still feel private and it still feels rural because there's tall trees dividing everything. Yeah, so like exactly. we're just outside of town, but it feels like we're way out of town. I mean, and that's the thing. That's the problem too, is like we, when we're staying here, we really stay on this like RV compound outside of town where right. they literally have everything we need except the grocery store. So it's right. just trips to the grocery store, but everything else is here to where we're not in downtown walking around every day, so <laughs> right, it is exactly. a different feel. Yeah. Um, and I hope it feels more local, more uh, in a way, like more... Like... It. I mean, it does, but I mean, the park overall feels definitely very Republican. <laughs> yes. It's... And I, I feel like the Livingston area definitely gives me that vibe. Um, I mean, that's what I'm getting. It's conservative. Yeah. It's a conservative, yeah. small, small Texas town. Yeah, and, and yeah, people keep to themselves. Uh, there's a very little eye contact, uh, but people are really nice to dogs and, and sweetie. Yeah. Yeah, they, people they love them a lot of people love sweetie, people love dogs, so that's always great. Um, it's weird that in Livingston, there's no liquor store. Interesting. Um, you can get beer and wine at the grocery stores, Okay. but hard liquor, you have to get to the liquor store in Texas, and... There's not one within like 20 miles of town, which is just weird. I don't know if there's like a law in town that they just can't or if just nobody's ever opened one up. But to me, it seems really silly because it seems like a gold mine. Like, I feel like you'd make a <laughs> lot of money if you opened one up because there isn't one. Like, I have to, if I want a bottle of tequila for margaritas, I have to drive over half an hour to get it. Maybe it's too just much saying. trouble. Too much trouble. Because I do have to say, I don't love driving here. Oh, it's horrible. Texas <laughs> drivers suck. Yeah, no, it's not. It has to be. It has to be <laughs> and do not, successful. please don't chase me in the RV and please don't attack me. I'm just saying. <laughs> Texas drivers are not my favorite. Yeah, and we have seen all the driving stuff. So almost I have, all of it. I have driven northeast, like coast to coast, border to border. <laughs> I've driven almost every, I mean, every region of this just, country yeah. in an RV and in a vehicle, in a car as well. And I have to say that, like, <laughs> Texas is my least favorite place to be. Texas is the place that I've had the most, like, close calls. 
when it comes to and an accident. Seen a lot of accidents. That I've every seen a lot of accidents. Every time. Um, yeah, Texas isn't playing when they're on the road. Um, I, I appreciate their, their um, uh, what will be the word? They know where they're going and they're going. Like, I understand. I appreciate that, that, <laughs> that attitude. But at the same they time, going. they going. They, they ain't moving around. <laughs> no ambulance or nothing. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Texas, we're here. Well, we're here. Um... We've been here for a very long time, and that's probably why we feel like this towards Texas. It's like we have been in Texas for what feels like an un- an insane amount, an ungodly amount of time, for people that do not have any interest in being in Texas. <laughs> and we have seen, but with that, we have yeah. been in some beautiful areas. Yes, we have had again the the wine place in houston has been great we have had like, excellent food uh we have the barbecue know, oh is God. off the charts across the across the state different styles all delicious yeah. um marfa texas is amazing marfa uh, marfa is wonderful the we, art I we, vibe there. we strangely had a great time in del rio yeah like so it's not all bad there are places that we've not had as much fun. Yes, there, there's a lot. There's, and, uh, there's a lot of character. And Livingston is one that's like it's it's hard just it's hard just because there's an an insane amount of Republican influence. I feel, and I feel like it's just the retired community that's in the area, especially with the R being. Um, yeah, exactly. But but it's their community whatever. too. They have, they have built a community as and well. And they haven't attacked us. We haven't attacked them personally <laughs> in this park. So we're gonna we're gonna keep it that way. Um, but anyway, so about Livingston, according to the world, <laughs> according to worldpopulationreview.com, um, in twenty twenty. The population of Livingston was five thousand five hundred and thirty-nine people. Wait, five thousand five hundred thirty-nine people. Which puts it just about the same as my hometown. Interesting. Okay. Like literally puts it. So in, it's very small. It's very similar in size, and I feel that. Except here, just because of its proximity to Houston and interstates there's a lot more available here than there would be back home right but the town is the same size Interesting. Okay. but so the population is 5539 and has been growing at just under two percent steadily so for the last 15 years the city's been growing at two percent steadily Interesting. which i don't feel but Hey, maybe they keep... Hey. Um, the median age is 38, which is just on par, really, with nationwide is 37. So 38 is right on. Um, it is interesting that, like, the male average is actually, like, 34, and the females is higher. So I don't know if there's a lot of, like, widows here, around here. Mm, interesting, yeah, who knows? Or what? Just or just women some some cougar, cougars and their their boys. <laughs> um, the racial breakdown in the area is seventy one point forty eight percent white, uh seventeen point forty four percent black, four point twenty four percent Asian, and point seventy six percent Native American. So not even one percent, but they're there. They are Showing taking up. their claim. And then there's 6.09% of other or uh, two or more ethnicities on the register. Um, but I mean, we're at like 71% white. So it is a white heavy and like around here, um, which kind of comes into play with today's story, unfortunately. Oof. Maybe. If you're on the skeptical side, like me. <laughs> Um, like I said before, this is one of those cases that unfortunately there's not a ton of information about. We're in a smaller community. There's not a huge amount of resources about this case, but for what I did find, 
I used Web Sleuths a lot. They helped me get right on track with what I was finding. Um, I used uh, sentinelalert.org, uh, KTRE ABC9, um, and a couple of articles by Vanessa Brashear uh, in the Cleveland Advocate. So, today I will be telling you about the unsolved murder of Carl Tyrell Wills. Oh my god, I don't know if I'm ready. Let me take yes. a sip of more at this point. Unsolved, unfortunately. Alright, so this case, this happened, this crime happened back in 2011. Okay. Uh, Carl Wills is a 22-year-old black man that lives with his mother and his two-year-old son in Livingston, Texas. Okay. Um, so on August 27th, 2011... Uh, he was released from jail, from the local county jail, after being held for nearly a month on for unpaid traffic tickets. Oh my god. Which, to me, that is just insane. That they held him for almost a month on unpaid traffic tickets. Now, I don't know what the traffic tickets were. If it was parking tickets, speeding tickets, what? But, like, that is just a stupid thing to do. Like... Oh, you didn't pay your tickets. We're going to arrest you, hold you in jail for a month, so you lose your job and way to pay future tickets and be a good citizen. But cool. Like it just whatever. I that annoys me that it was for unpaid tickets that yeah. they had him for a month. A month. Wow. Um anyway, so his mother, Rhonda Wills, noticed that when he got home his demeanor had changed a lot. She wasn't recognizing her son. He he seemed really worried or scared. He seemed just like really overly cautious about something. He wasn't really relaxing, and she just knew something was up. I mean, like she's she was his mom. Like she knew, and so she even like talked to him and she told him that she felt like it was time for him to leave Livingston. Like she was just like, listen, it's time for you to go. Like you need to get out of here. It's not healthy for you here anymore. You need to take your son and you need to go. They had connections in Detroit. Mm-hmm. So she was like, you need to take your son and go to Detroit. Start fresh, start new. New no beginnings. One, no one will know who you are, anything that's happened before, whatever it is. Start fresh, do it up. So, and he was like hesitant, but he finally was like kind of realizing like maybe it is time. So she she said that like he had come to terms with that and that he was planning on leaving soon mm-hmm. um with his son but um he was he was he wasn't sure exactly how to go about it and he had a kind of plan you know i mean he just got out of jail he had, he had to save up money he had to do his thing so he wasn't really sure um so he got out on august 27th and on august 30th 2011 which, my birthday, hey, <laughs> yeah, my 22nd birthday. On August 30th, 2011, Carl was picked up from his house by a woman that he was dating, supposedly. Like, I mean, it wasn't like they were officially dating. I cannot find her name anywhere. anywhere. So she really somehow doesn't come into play, but she picked him up at his house, um... On August 30th, and on September 1st, his body was found in a ditch. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, his body was found in a ditch off the side of uh, County Road uh, 2132. This county road also has a known a name, uh, a side name that it's also known as Plantation Road, mm-hmm. but we'll just call it County Road 2132. Yeah. Like. There's no need to use that name, especially with what just happened there. Yeah. I mean, so the location where his body was discovered is in North Liberty County. So Livingston is in Polk County, and his body was discovered just over the border in North Liberty County, uh, a few few miles south of Rye, Texas. He was found by a fisherman. So, it was actually surprising that he was found there at all because it wasn't a well-traveled area. It was in a dry creek bed, and anybody that's going out there would be going out there to fish. 
the creek's dry, so there's no reason to go out there. Right. And his body was under the bridge on this dry creek bed. Oh, my. But this fisherman was actually out there because he had just lost his son, and he was out there as a grieving father. No. He was going out to the place that him and his son used to go fishing all the time. Oh, my gosh. And he discovers the body of another dead young man. So just how horrible for the fishermen and the whole situation is just horrible oh my gosh um it was discovered upon once police were at the scene that carl suffered gunshot wounds to the back of his head (gasps) and due to the site they believe that he was shot elsewhere and his body was dropped there so they don't know where the crime scene is but his body was discovered here there's no splatter there's no reason to believe that he was killed in in that location his body was dropped there in a spot that nobody expected him to, like, anyone to be at for the next few months because it's a dry creek bed. Horrible. Oh, my like, gosh. Just... So, Rhonda Wills, his mom, has been an absolute champ in fighting for her son. Like, she has been trying so hard to keep justice on track, and unfortunately, it has not worked in her favor completely, but she has really persevered and really been trying from what I can see. And so it's just, it's really disheartening to kind of see what's happened with this case. So early on, the investigators claimed that they believed the case to be drug related. Hmm. And from that point on, they didn't really give it the attention that it deserved. And from what I can gather, they really haven't made that much headway. They... It took over three years for them to get the test of the skin found under his nails to get the DNA test for or the uh, for that to find out any information about it. It took three years. Oh my god! So it took three years to find out that the skin was confirmed to be from a white female, which corroborates the fact that he was witnessed to be leaving his house with. last with a white female. Right. And so it's just interesting that it took so long for that to be tested. Even, yeah. And she's never been con- being deemed a, a suspect of any kind, yet it's her skin under his nails when his body's found. She was the last person that he left the house with. She has to know something, but she hasn't been deemed a witness, and I don't even know her name. I just wow. have to keep calling her she. Also, part of the problem is the jurisdictions. Mm-hmm. He's from Livingston, Texas, um, and Livingston, Texas is in Polk County, so he's a Polk County resident, but they don't know where the murder actually happened, so they don't know where the actual crime happened. Oh, my God. Because he was a resident and last seen in Polk County, but his body was discovered in Liberty County, Mm. so the jurisdictions, they don't know... And without an actual crime scene to give the jurisdiction, it's just a jumble of Texas Rangers and different jurisdiction sheriffs. Allegedly looking into it. Allegedly looking into it, yes. So, Rhonda has obviously, she's done a few interviews, she's talked to the news as much as she can, she's advocating for her son's justice, she believes that she will get justice, but she and in times that she's talked, she's uh, she's said a lot of things. Um, she's mentioned that she did not like that he dated white women <laughs> because she felt that the people in the area did not like interracial dating. Oh my so she God. felt that her son and was putting. And this is two thousand eleven. Yes, and but she felt that she was put, her son was putting himself at risk oh by God. only dating white women, and she told him that she told him like you need to be careful because people around here don't like that like you need to be careful and it is speculative like it's hearsay but uh she has heard through people that the father of the girl that picked him up did not like the idea of his daughter dating a black man so it is i mean i don't know her name i don't know her father's name but it is speculation that her father did not like her dating a black man, and she was the last person seen picking him up. Oh my gosh. 
And so, like, this whole, the like, the racial tension that she felt with him dating white women is also part of the reason that she said that, like, he needed to, like, start fresh somewhere else. Like, get him, if, I mean, if this is what you like, you, go, you gotta go somewhere else right. where people aren't gonna, like, attack you for it. Right, you know? exactly. I guess. Maybe that's part of it. Um, but, so all this, the this happened in September, like, August, September 2011. And in 2017, Rhonda requested uh, under the Open Records Act to gain access to all of the evidence that they had acquired from all of the jurisdictions for everyone. The case had been open long enough. If they weren't going to be investigating it, they needed to hand over everything that they found and so that she could have a private investigator carry on and figure this out. And so she filed that in 2017, and to this day, they have yet to (gasps) respond. No. So I know, and I've seen things that it's an open case, but then other articles say that it's a cold case, and it's one of the Livingston's coldest cases and all this, but it's interesting that they won't hand over the information, because cold cases, they typically will. Active cases, they won't. So they're acting like it's an active case, but they're not doing anything with it. Early on, they said that they knew exactly who it was. They just needed to connect the dots, and there's been no connecting of the dots. In, oh, my God. In over 10 years, they haven't connected any dots that they supposedly have been needing to. So that's infuriating. <laughs> and that that's the frustrating part, too, with all of these with these cases is like sometimes it is the police force that's really causing hindrance on finding justice like if they would hand over the if they're not going to actively investigate if they would hand over what they know to somebody that will actively investigate maybe we'll get the answers Mm. but apparently there was also so this is just a weird thing but apparently there were also alligators in the area where they left the body Mm. And so maybe that's why they chose that specific spot. Yeah, well, the alligator's going to take care alligator. of it. Before anybody gets out here, right. the alligators will take care of this. Oh, and it just so happened that the fishermen came out there the next day. But I had no idea there were alligators in Texas. No, I know, me neither. I'm like, what, are, what alligators? I like, see frogs. <laughs> like, it makes sense that, like, I guess, like, the Gulf, like Florida, yeah, Alabama, I Mississippi, guess. like it makes sense that they would continue. I just <laughs> never in my mind pictured alligator territory in Texas. Oh my gosh. But it's they they exist. They're common. I had to Google it. <laughs> they do exist in Texas. It's <laughs> very common. Check. I checked. They're here. They're strong. They're big. Yeah. Um. Uh, careful what river and swampland you buy in texas <laughs> i guess i don't know um but it just like with all of this it just seems that Rhonda wills is super determined and I, the police I, are I not mean, i think... like Rhonda wills is determined she like a great quote from her that i thought was awesome is like she said there's no such thing as a perfect murder. They are going to get caught. One of these days, someone is going to come forward. I won't stop until I get justice and I find out who did this and look them in the eye. Exactly. Like, she is ready. Like, she, she's not stepping down anytime soon. She is fighting to find out what happened to her son, who did it, why they did it. And she knows that karma is coming for them and they exactly. will... Like, they may think that they got away with it for now, but eventually they'll... Something's going to happen. Yeah, they're going to get what, what they deserve. And and since this is an unsolved case, I mean, if you, if you happen to have any information about the murder of Carl Wills in, Livings, in the Livingston, Texas area mm-hmm. in 2011, uh, contact the Liberty County, County Sheriff's Office... They're the ones that are leading it because it is their technical jurisdiction. So uh, Liberty County Sheriff's Office is the one in charge. Um, and let's put pressure on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's, let's find out. Let's get, let's get people on it. Um, Rhonda Wills deserves to find out what, what happened to her son. her son. Yeah, for sure. 
and 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 yeah and 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 the investigation will happen we just need the authorities to, we, to or put pressure right. for them to release what information they have exactly. so that we like she can have the investigators that she has do the work for them like if they're not going to somebody will and they just need to hand over what they know yeah exactly. if if they're not handing over inf- any information then to me that means that they know something and they're hiding it exactly if you if you're not sharing information you're hiding information on that note wow <laughs> i can't even i think like i'm not even scared at this story i'm just upset and mad i think mm-hmm. um and i and, and i appreciate you sharing it because i think we need to talk about this kind of situation as you said at the beginning about these this type of situation in these type of towns um so so people know and they're aware yeah i mean there's a lot of shady stuff going on with this case and it's because they can get away with it or you know like and that's that's the problem yeah i mean it it gives me just uh, so many questions about the people investigating it's a small town right so i don't know i've I've seen the show sonny exactly i have seen those shows and it's texas I, I I am especially today I think I'm very upset yes and, and I, I think that's why I keep harping on Texas I don't hate you Texas no but I, think I am you can be better I am currently disappointed yeah, I think <laughs> there's a lot better. that I'm currently disappointed on yeah. with and unfortunately that is coming out yes and I think we just you know to her for for justice for her son and any of the parents that are that are suffering here in Texas, particularly today, I think we just, you know, we, we want justice. We want, you know, we want justice, period. <laughs> justice and change. Yes, exactly, exactly. But, wow, I yeah. am, I'm like a speechless. I can't even, the wine has me speechless, and then the story has me speechless in a different way, and angry and upset, but... Yes, and use that anger for change. Yes, exactly. I think we and have this opportunity. Yes, and if you guys would like to get in touch with us with your anger, <laughs> hopefully not at us, hopefully it's a shared anger, <laughs> or a shared love, or if you just want to get in touch with us, yes. um, you can find us at... Reina Salti on Twitter. And... You can find me at Nikki RV Boy on Twitter and, and Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Nikki RV So boy with an I. Because we gay. <laughs> because why not? <laughs> um, and you can email us at info at the RV Voice again with an I dot com. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing, Nikki. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next time.